Today, I want to talk about some of those people that, you know, eat, we, we all have in our life. I call them toxic people. You know, toxic people are, are, to me, are those ones that are so super annoying. These are people that are extremely critical. They're controlling. They're somewhat arrogant. They're mean. Uh, and they just seem to have the right answers all the time, regardless of whatever the question or the issue is. I mean, these are people that are uh, the ones that keep us from going to a, you know, a meeting maybe in a in an organization that's doing, you know, very good work. Maybe they're helping the homeless or, you know, they're they're doing something that's very positive in the community, and yet we don't want to go to that meeting because of that one toxic person there. That is so annoying, and they're just going to irritate us. So in dealing with toxic people, sometimes it keeps us from doing the things that we really want to do or know that we should do. Sometimes these toxic people are in our own homes. You know, I can remember family gatherings from years and years ago when there was going to be somebody that was, you know, somewhat toxic there, somebody irritable. And, you know, you're like, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to go and subject myself to this person, you know, any more than I have to. So it keeps us from doing things and going places and be involved with things that we that we know that we want to and that we should. You know, that's what toxicity does to people sometimes. I don't like it when people tell me what I need to believe. I don't like it when people, you know, raise their voice whenever they have to talk to me. I don't like it when people try and run me over in a conversation simply to prove that they're right. However, as a follower of Jesus, I'm called to love people. I'm called to love my my neighbor as myself. I'm called to love the person that uh, that I might find toxic in a way that is affirming to that person, to love that person in a way that builds them up and not just tears them down or even just puts up with them. The scripture I'm going to read uh, for you today is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and it starts with verse 26. Now, I don't have it on the screen for you, but listen to these words. Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Notice it's not your needs, it's their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. You know, the, the message there is, is really clear. I need to be a better person. I need to... Um, you know, not let the, the other person offend me. I need to consider them and, and what's good for them and, and, and only, you know, 
make comments and say things and do things that are uplifting and will benefit that person in their needs. But sometimes I'm like, you know, being offended in life is inevitable. It's always going to happen. You know, being angry about the offenses, same thing. It's always going to happen in some respect. Always. Well, here's the thing. You know, while the offenses are always going to be there, they're always going to come, they're always going to challenge us, living offended is a choice. You don't have to be offended by it. You don't have to put up with it. You don't have to, you know, let it determine who you're going to be that day or even at that moment. You know, people are going to offend you, but you don't have to let it get to you. You can continue to reflect to them the image of Jesus as he did so many times, like right before the, you know, the, the religious leaders, uh, as they opposed him many times and, and just all of the different opposition Jesus uh, was subjected to. If you look at the stories and you look at the accounts, uh, he was always seeking what was needed for their benefit, not for his own. To hold on to the offense is to choose to remain offended, to nurture the offense somewhat, and to refuse to release the pain or the hurt. Sometimes it makes us feel superior. Sometimes it makes us feel vindicated in our life. Sometimes it just helps us to feel like we're justified because we're the ones that's right. They're the ones that are wrong. I want you to kind of picture today that that we're that we're like a fly on the wall in a little meeting that's taking place in hell. Here's Satan talking to all his little demon buddies, and he's talking about a strategy to to enable his group to overcome what God is trying to do in our lives and in the world. The plan is very simply that Satan has is to break God's heart and then to destroy the people that God uh, or that God holds as precious to him. He wants to break God's heart and he wants to destroy the people that are God's children. Now, Satan will do this in many different ways. But what I see is probably the two primarily most utilized ways that he has is first of all, Satan likes to divide. You know, we know the term divide and conquer. He'll divide us in our families. He divides us with the groups of friends that we have. He'll even divide people within the church that they've belonged to for years and years and years. And it's actually very easy to do. People today are so readily divided by things like politics and racial issues whether or not you're going to vax or you're not going to vax, whether you're going to wear a mask or you're not going to wear a mask, whether or not you're going to, you know, kneel at the football anthem or you're not going to kneel, uh, whatever. But these things that divide us cause people to stop talking, to stop communicating with each other, to start in, to stop interacting with each other in the community that that you're in. I think hell's philosophy or Satan's philosophy is this. That as Christians, all right, as Christians, 
if we're united, we're basically unstoppable. The scriptures affirm that in many different places. But when we're divided, we're very ineffective and very weak. That's kind of his philosophy and why he wants to divide people. You know, if you, if you look historically back at the, the major world powers that have existed in the past, uh, each one of them went through a time of division uh, before they fell. And it's just part of the way human nature works. When we're divided, we're not as strong as we are when we're together and unified in, in our purpose and what it is that we're doing. So Satan wants to divide us. He wants to keep us divided and ineffective and boycotting things and mad about this and that and whatever. It's just a way that he utilizes to basically make us ineffective. The other thing that Satan will do is he'll discredit us. He discredits our witness to other people, discredits our witness even to our own family members. And, and we are witnesses to our family. You know, I many times have reflected on the faith that my uh, mom and dad had, you know, and how they practiced their faith, how they followed up on it, and, and what was important to them and how it related to what they believed in us. I mean, so their witness, you know, we all have a witness to our kids. And Satan wants to discredit that witness any way, shape, or form, anything he can do. And one of the ways is by keeping us offended, by keeping us distracted, and by causing us to lose sight of the image of Christ, the mission, you know, what we're supposed to be to each other. He wants us to falter there. He wants us to fall short. Keep them angry. Keep them critical. Keep them judgmental. Make them hip hypocritical. You know, just keep them, you know, occupied by all of those types of things. And they'll never come together in unity. And their witness to other people will be basically destroyed. In Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 26, it tells us these words. It says, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Why? Because it's one of the ways that we open the door for Satan to come in. You know, when we go to bed angry and upset or offended by somebody, we, we leave that door wide open for him to, to come in and destroy us. You know, why do we not, you know, let the sun go down or go to bed while we're still angry? Well, it ruins relationships. I remember before Darcy and I got married, you know, her grandmother told us, you know, at a, a I don't know, some event we were attending. And she said, you know, when you guys get married, don't ever go to bed angry. And you know what? She's absolutely right. We, and we've done our absolute best to do that. Because when I'm angry and I go to bed, I wake up angry. And I don't like that. It destroys the witness that I want to be. And it actually ruins things for the next day also. It hinders my relationship with my, with my spouse, of which is one that I want to keep growing. I want it to keep getting better and better every day. You know... Sleeping with a spouse that you're mad at sometimes turns out to be kind of like a, a game of points. You know, if you can gruff and huff a puff enough, you know, then you get some points. Or if you yank on the covers hard enough or harder than the other, you know, person, then you, you get points. But, of course, if you 
let your feet touch each other, then you lose points. That's just kind of the the way that 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 game of, of going to bed angry kind of works sometimes. You know, here's the thing. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up into their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, this Christian walk thing is difficult. It's the hardest thing that we'll ever do in this life because it is so countercultural. It is so against human nature. Uh, and it's just plain difficult to follow. Because, you know, if I follow my human nature and I'm, I'm offended by something and I hold on to that offensive, that, that offense, then it makes me feel superior sometimes. Or it makes me feel better. It makes me, it justifies me. You know, I'm just dealing with a bunch of idiots. They don't know anything. But that's not a witness that God calls us to be. It's not the way that we're supposed to to let our light shine in our families and in our communities. No, we're supposed to be loving, slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen, and not holding on to the offenses that even, that they're just going to show up. They're going to be there. I have a friend of mine that um, is one of those toxic people. And he's one of these people that's always right. He knows everything about everything. He's always right about all the issues at church. He's, ready, he's right about the, his view on theology, uh, money, the government, the COVID, uh, everything. This guy knows everything about everything, and he'll let you know it. And I said to him not too long ago, I said, you know, I said, out of the 8 billion people there are on the globe right now, I'm very fortunate that I have the one person in my, in my world that knows everything about everybody and knows everything about everything. So thank you for being in my life. And he ended up understanding what I was saying. And I was trying to tell him, I said, buddy, you, know, you, you don't know all the answers. And what you're doing is you're driving people away. You're ruining your witness to other people by the way that you perceive yourself, the way that you act, the way that you interact with other people. You're not following our scriptural guidelines, number one. And this guy is a pastor. And he needed to hear that. Maybe there's somebody out here that needs to hear these words today, too. There's a psalm, one of the beautiful psalms that was written in Scripture in the Old Testament. And Psalm 139 says these words. It says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. What's he saying? He's saying, Lord, I might not always see it face to face. I might not know that I'm a toxic person. I might not realize how the way I view things and the way I respond to things, you know, kind of offends other people or hinders them, you know, in, in what they need in order to become better people, better Christians. Maybe it's, it's ruining my own, you know, walk of spirituality. And he says, guide me. Open my eyes, open my heart, so that I clearly see what it is that's getting in my way. 
Here's what I want you to walk away with today. Being offended in this life is inevitable. It's just going to happen. But living an offended life is a choice. It's going to happen around us. It's going to happen to us. But whether or not you're going to let it settle in your mind and in your heart is your choice. It's totally up to you. Now, remember, you might be right. Maybe the person that offended you is wrong, dead wrong. But Jesus never called us to be right. He called us to be loving. He called us to be an example to others. He called us to be humble people, always seeking what's needed and what's good and what's needed and necessary in the other person's life. He didn't call us to affirm you know, when people have wrong thinkings or their their belief system or whatever is wrong. But he didn't call us to rub it in their face either. He called us to nurture people in a positive and a direct way. So that's my, my thoughts for you for this week. I'd like you to consider them as you go on about your day and, and throughout the week. And just remember that, you know, God has called us as Christians to be very special people. Now, I don't know about you, but I've messed it up more than I've probably succeeded at it. But that's okay, because God knows our heart. He knows us. He loves us. And he stands by very, very willing to forgive us at all times. So thanks, and God bless. And I'll see you next week. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Uh, You can find that uh, on either of our websites, either the uh, rosebushumc.com or toughquestionsforgod.org. Go and check them out. Thanks, and God bless.